And welcome back to Harry Potter and the Reread Podcast. I'm your host, David Jansen, joined as always with my co-host, Kyle Jans. Kyle, how are you? I'm okay. I just, I've been thinking, and I, what makes a good podcast is having like people with differing opinions and being able to debate a little bit and go back and forth. And I really wanted to be that person going into this book, Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. And I really wanted to like read about it and think about it in a positive way and look back on it and be like, hey, this is a real transition from like childhood to adulthood for Harry and everything that's happening outside. But I just can't do it. I just can't do it anymore. I read this chapter really wanting to get something positive out of it and discuss, but I didn't like it. So that's fine because I actually think this chapter is better than the last one we read. Ah. And and I didn't, and maybe it was just the state of mind I was in while I was reading the last one, but I was like, please, every page, every time I turned the page last time, I was like, please be the end of the chapter. (laughs) At least with this chapter, I kind of felt like I, I enjoyed it. Now, enjoy is a strong word. <laughs> enjoy is relative. And the bigger problem with this chapter is how long it is for what we get out of it. Yes, um, I think that was the biggest thing. We'll talk about I think there's like some interesting things that happen in this chapter that we're obviously going to talk about. Um, obviously, uh, unless you, if you didn't read the title and this came on on autoplay, we are talking chapter 13, Detention with Dolores. We will talk about what we thought this chapter was going to be after after I recap it here. So why don't I just recap it and then we can talk about it as opposed to talking about it when people don't know what's going on. So the chapter kicks off. Um, they, they, the team, the crew are in the Great Hall eating and everyone in the school has heard about the shouting match between Harry and, and Umbridge. Um, everybody's whispering about it. Um, and Harry is a bit confused as to why people believe Dumbledore in the spring, but now they don't believe him. And Hermione thinks that uh, they might actually have not believed in the spring either. They just didn't know what to say. So they they decide, you know, let's get out of the Great Hall. Let's head back to the common room. And when they get there, Hermione has like a mini breakdown about how she can't believe that Dumbledore would let Umbridge teach them. However, again, it's not like they've had a great track record for people in this job. Um, Some have been bad. Some are fine, but it's not that crazy. I don't know what Hermione's at there. The twins and Lee Jordan are also in the common room, and they are actually testing some of the Weasley's merchandise on the first years, and Hermione has had enough. She goes over there, and instead of detention, she threatens to tell her mom, which does in fact frighten them. Um, She's also now trying to trick house elves into being free because she still really doesn't understand what they're all about. Then we have more lessons. Last chapter, lessons. This chapter, more lessons. We have charms and transfiguration, where, again, they just hammer home how important owls are, um, which is is the theme of all the classes so far. Then they have care of magical creatures, um, where Harry asks about Hagrid, but Professor Gravely Pike tells him not to worry. However, Malfoy seems to imply that he knows something and that something bad might have happened uh, when Hagrid went off after the Giants, started to talk to the Giants. At some point here, Harry does admit in his mind that Professor Grubby Plank is in fact a better teacher than Hagrid, but he doesn't want to. He admits it in his mind, but he doesn't want to. Um, They're then going to Herbology, where, again, we're going to talk about how important owls are. But before that, they run into Luna and Ginny. Uh, Luna tells Harry that she believes him, 
Um, and Hermione is very rude and judgmental towards Luna in response. But also, um, sometimes uh, book appearer Ernie McMillan reappears to say he also believes Harry. And that's better because at least Harry thinks that Ernie is sane, which is not, he can't say that truly of Luna. Now, he's not as rude about it as Hermione, but it's still thoughts going through his head. Angelina Johnson appears at some point in this chapter to confront Harry about getting detention and missing Quidditch. Um, she says he needs to try and figure out how to get to the tribes because it's important for team bonding. And mercifully now in the chapter, at least we get to the detention because that is what's going on in this chapter. So Harry gets to detention, he goes to Umbridge and he asks politely if he can uh, move detention. And obviously you can't move your detention. Um, so then we get to the actual detention. Harry's forced to write, I must not tell lies. There's no ink. He starts writing. His hand hurts. Turns he's writing from blood from the back of his hand. Um, every time he writes, I must not tell lies on the paper, it appears on the back of his right hand, and then it disappears. Um, at the end, uh, Professor Umbridge takes a look at his hand and says, doesn't seem like the message has sunk in. You'll have to come back tomorrow. Um, due to this detention, Harry doesn't have any time to do any of his homework, so he's feeling very overwhelmed. And it turns out that Ron also did not do his homework, but we are not sure why Ron hasn't done homework. Um, Harry chooses not to tell Ron and her, or Hermione about the blood ink situation. Detention number two, just as bad in terms of pain and, you know, blood ink. But this time he at least stayed up late to do some of his homework, which honestly he should have done the first time. But as if he didn't know he was going to keep having detention. But that's fine. Now we move on the next day. It's Thursday now. Detention number three. At this point, the words are no longer fading off his hand. So it's starting to quote unquote sink in. Um, on his way back to the common room, Harry runs into Ron. And we discover that his secret is that he has been practicing Quidditch. And he's been doing it in secret because he's nervous that the twins will not be supportive. Um Ron notices the cut and thinks Harry should go to McGonagall or Dumbledore, which he definitely should, but that's not the point that gets made here because Harry refuses because he's Harry and when it, he doesn't believe in asking adults for help. Um, brings us to Friday and detention number four. Harry's trying to watch the, the tryouts while he's doing detention. He can't really see what's going on. Um, and at the end of detention, Umbridge leans over to touch his hand to examine, but then instead of the pain in his hand, which is still there, his scar goes off and he gets a weird midriff sensation, so he's freaked out. Um, heads back, meets up with Ron and Hermione. Ron has won the, the keeper job. Uh, turns out this is all nepotism because there were two people that were better than him, but one has too many activities and the other one is a big complainer. Uh, Harry tells Hermione about the scar situation, which hallelujah harry at least don't keep everything to yourself um and she deduces that he's worried that she's involved with voldemort somehow and she suggests that it might not actually be umbridge it might be the scar is is unrelated and it was just the timing was just a coincidence recommends going to dumbledore harry again not going to do that um harry wants to write to sirius black hermione says putting in, all that info in a letter could be too risky and that's the chapter that's that was pretty thorough. I would never have given it that much. <laughs> well, when I was as I read these and write them, I don't read it and then go back and summarize. I summarize as I'm reading. Uh, and yeah. sometimes 
you know, I go, but, but I feel like a lot of those things we kind of had to mention. There were a few um, important parts. Um, let's we start. Could, we yeah. could have maybe skipped on some of the stuff at the beginning, but whatever. That's all right. Let's start with kind of the, the key point of this. And it's something that I probably remember the most from reading back on this book are the original, the detentions here. That the detention is here. Suffer. It's a pretty um, memorable portion of this book. Um, I think if you were to ask somebody what happens in this book, most people would remember this specific plot point for sure. Um, so like on a scale of like one to 10, how bad is this detention? 50. Yeah, it's horrible. It's child abuse. Right. And the fact that it like keeps healing as he writes it, that's so evil. Yeah. Because he couldn't, he could like go after the first one, he could go to somebody and say, this was the detention. And she'd be like, no, it wasn't. Look at this. Here's the paper. That's not blood. Don't be ridiculous. And he can't argue. Now they keep doing it and you get the scarring, but which that's just dumb. But the fact that it heals is crazy. It's consistent pain, like you're making it worse in this particular spot. And of course, it's going to eventually scar and create this visual or this visible um, injury, which makes me question, like, how do other teachers or students not see it and question what's going on here? We know that Harry is wanting to keep it to himself. He doesn't want to know that umbridge is breaking his spirit basically so he refuses to kind of tell people or complain about it yeah but it's there you don't have to say anything why didn't like you think mcgonagall would see it at some point or some professor who's somewhat responsible and wonder what the hell's going on i don't think harry's sitting in the front row of very many classes and i think he's mostly just keeping to ron and hermione in said classes so there's not a lot of opportunity for people to see it at this point. Um, but yeah, you don't have, you're right. You absolutely do not have to try and hide. This. this is horrific. And you could just be like, I clearly didn't carve this into my own hand. Cause his his right hand and he's right-handed. Mm-hmm. So like I could, on my left hand, I write wrote perfectly. No, obviously not. Um, it's quite messed up. It is one of the more disturbing things to happen in the book so far um and we're going to talk about at the end like where does she rank in terms of a villain in terms of a defense against a dark arts teacher and it's like she's not out for world domination but like this is cruel it's cruel and okay maybe maybe you could convince me that one night of detention of this for a justified reason is okay. I don't think you could, but maybe you could. No. But four days in a row? I think what makes it the worst is that she takes great pleasure in it as well. That's, I think, where it really amplifies who Dolores Umbridge is as a villain and Mm -hmm. why she is one of the most hated characters or despised characters in the honestly i think people hate her more than voldemort yeah because again like when you try and like factor in justification and reasoning and it's like 
he's a zealot, but he's his own zealot. And she's honestly like a pawn in, in other people's games. And like well, she's pushing the ministry agenda, right? And she's again, here's and... cruel, here's cruel for the sake of being cruel because somebody disagreed with you to, to the point like, okay, you you don't believe that um that Voldemort's back and then this kid is saying he is. So there's a disagreement. Voldemort is cruel in his own right, but I don't want to say he's not cruel for the sake of being cruel, but I don't think he's cruel for the sake of being cruel. I think he's cruel to prove points and to establish he, fear. He wants something out of it. Whereas... Right. And he's randomly killing, you know, the 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 uh, muggle studies teacher in, in a future book. I think it's the next one. Um, that's not because he's like, oh, I really want to kill someone. No, it's because you've you loved your uselessness and you have information and I can't really risk letting you go anywhere. So I'm going to just kill you. It's a little bit different. It's not, not some cruel. takes great pleasure in the pain that she creates yeah though. yeah it's it's very different especially because again not to justify voldemort but if you are going to be cruel and evil at least have like a point to it right like so because she's doing it out of fear spite. we yeah spite we know yeah. that because it's kind of floated as a red herring. Oh, maybe Umbridge is being um, controlled by Voldemort or part of mm -hmm. Voldemort's um, plan. No, she's just, she is scared for Cornelius Fudge and the ministry that Dumbledore is going to fight back. And so she's doing something to react to the perceived threat that isn't even real. So it, it her, it's more of a reaction that she's taking this great pleasure out of as opposed to mm -hmm. Voldemort, who is much more kind of contrived and and thinks through what he's doing and is aware that he's creating this pain, basically, or this this kind of evilness around him. Yeah. Um, I will say, in the terms of the conversation on the detention, the fact that she didn't let Harry change his detention because he has Quidditch, like, that's actually valid teaching. Like, that's the whole point. You got detention and now you miss something you want to do. Shouldn't have got detention. Yeah. Um. So, you know, nice to see that we are still going to follow some rules and, and maybe try and teach people things. But I think that's all going to get lost when your detention is legitimate torture. Um. So anything else you want to talk about on detention? No, more so just Harry's reaction, and I'm going to touch on it again a little bit later, but like, one of, when you think of Harry Potter, of his character traits, stubbornness has to be at the top of the mm. list, and we we just, we see a lot of examples of that in this chapter, um, first and foremost being he's not telling Dumbledore any of this, just because he's kind of holding like a little mini grudge against yeah. him. I don't think it's a mini grudge. I think it's quite a large grudge at this point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, for sure. Okay. So last week when we thought in this chapter, we hoped that we would get more than detention. And I guess technically we did. We were thinking that maybe Quidditch would get canceled because we didn't remember um, 
who got named keeper. That's not the case. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we knew about detention. We didn't really remember the Quidditch portion of it or the lessons, but the lessons, again, are not really anything worth talking yeah. about. Um, because, I mean, I'll say in terms of things I forgot, I forgot all about the classes because nothing interesting happened. Um, the classes, every class has been the same so far. And I think that's probably why this book can be annoying to read at some point is because they go into a class and it's just literally them saying the owls are important. The owls are important. And that's yeah. It. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this book feels like Harry is mean to his friends and we get one plot point and it's taking a long time to do those things. That's kind of feels like basically a, a, that would, that generic summary would capture probably like 10 to 13 uh, 10 uh, 10 ish of the 13 chapters we've read so far mm-hmm. um some specific things that i had forgotten that are valid obviously i forgot that ron was named keeper here um i had forgotten that the hand that the lines on his hand didn't show up immediately and that they vanished and the more he wrote it then it became deeper and deeper and deeper and that's why they stuck so that was kind of a cool thing to read because i had forgotten that um, and I had forgotten that Hermione and her hats attempting to free house elves. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had forgotten that. And then clearly there's going to be, I wouldn't even call it a payoff, but we must learn a little bit more because these hats are disappearing. So it's not the end of the, the hat saga for us right now. But you you covered everything that I had listed here. Ron becoming keeper, basically, and Hermione's hats. Yeah. All right. Okay. A lot of things didn't make sense in this chapter. So hit me with one thing that did not make sense for you. You'd mentioned it in the recap. Fred and George are testing out their little candies for nosebleeds and fainting and stuff. And Hermione is making a big deal out of this. But this is a school where students have fallen off of brooms from heights. They've exploded items in their faces. They've cursed boils onto another student. They've casted spells to puke slugs and liquefy bones. So the twins testing out this candy on students seems so minor compared to everything else that has happened in this series and happened at the school in general. hundred percent. It's, it's not important. Um, There's so many, A, they have antidotes, B, they're paying them and C, if all that went away, there's still the infirmary. Um, yeah. I mean, I wrote this as things that didn't make sense, but like Harry getting perturbed with Ron for arguing with Hermione. Man, you've been doing that the whole book. Yes, he was short with Hermione once again this chapter. I forget exactly what the what the example was. He but was, once again... but then the bigger issue I have is that like, Literally, like, four paragraphs later, Ron is short with Hermione, and Harry's like, come on, Ron. (laughs) Look inside yourself for a minute. Yeah. Um, But a bigger thing is that fifth years are what, 15, 16? Yeah. They're basically having to pick a career at this age, which is even dumber than when we have to do it at, like, 18, and it's already dumb then. Um, Because they keep saying, oh, you need to get your owls. Because different careers require different owls. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So if I don't take potions as a 15-year-old, I'm screwed the rest of my life? Basically. Yeah, really dumb. I mean, the schooling system is already dumb. um, But because I also was thinking about it. Okay, so if owls matter for careers, the owls must be some level of um, 
standardized testing, right? That's basically what they are. Yeah. So if there's standardized testing, shouldn't there be a curriculum? And if there's a curriculum, shouldn't they not have this issue with Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers because you could just follow the curriculum? I never thought about that, but it does make sense. There should have been something there, but clearly that's not the case. Right. Like if, if you, in your OWL, you're going to be required to do A, B, C, D, E, and F. Okay. You got five lear- years to learn how to do those things. But no. Um, yeah. Uh, I got a bunch of, uh, a couple other little ones. Do you have anything more major you want to talk about? The things that didn't make sense? Um, we'll talk on it more later, but Hermione's thoughts of being able to trick elves into having freedom by not giving them a choice just doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> Plus, um, here, there's one more thing to that, though. They can only receive, like, house elves can only be freed if they receive clothes from their master. Hermione right. isn't their master. Correct. I know it's flawed. It's all the whole logic is flawed. Yeah. It's all it's terrible. Um, speaking of things that are also terrible. Okay. So in this chapter, during Cure Magical Creatures, Hermione answers two questions and earns 10 points. At the end of the year, the point totals should be way higher if they're just getting 10 points randomly in a class on a Thursday. Like are they may are they losing points for answering incorrectly? in class right like (laughs) i feel like at the end of the like the first time there was like 360 points one year okay but there's like i don't know roughly if i do the math really quick in my head roughly 46 weeks of school um so maybe let's take a knock off a couple of let's call there's 40 weeks of school and uh if you get 10 points once a week you're already at 400 but she's not the only One student, student earning points. Yeah. And yeah, you're going to lose some. But man, the, the math is wrong. But we've done this right before. We don't have to really get into it. And speaking of things we talked about before that we don't need to get into, it, Harry is technically on the Quidditch team. And so one of the things Angelina wanted there was to see will how will the new keeper fit in with the team, quote unquote. Like Harry's barely on the team. He's the seeker. He doesn't interact <laughs> with anyone else. Um, so it doesn't matter if he's there. It's still, I think we've discussed this or we've definitely shared this meme or reel or whatever it is with each other. But imagine watching a really good game of basketball, but there's two players out in the parking lot who are trying to catch a frog to end the game. And so you're enjoying this super awesome game of basketball. And then all of a sudden the game ends because the player caught the frog in the parking lot. That's, that's, that's Quidditch. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the last thing that I that I kind of think doesn't make sense here is like seeing the torture, the literal torture that Harry's undergoing. Um, you would think prefects Ron and or Hermione would tell someone. Like we've seen Hermione do this before with the firebolt, where she was legitimately concerned for Harry's safety, and even though he didn't want to hear it, she went to McGonagall. Like maybe do that now when he's literally being tortured. And then yeah, like in our society in real life there are reporting you know there's practices and codes when it comes to reporting abuse (laughs) and sometimes you are required to and you would think that in this case that would be one whereas a prefect you would be required to follow up on but yeah yeah i mean you're worried about the students getting the, the the getting paid 
to yeah. take little blood capsules. Yeah. Yeah. Priorities are off. Yeah. Um, okay. Any other thoughts on this chapter you want to run through? I got a few here, but what do you got? Only other thing that came up for me was just little more character growth for Braun becoming the keeper. Um, we should have seen it coming, I think. In we this talked book. about it. We, we talked, talked, talked about it and then we talked ourselves out of it. Yeah. But he did get the broom at the beginning of the book. Yeah. Um, so I feel like that should have been a hint that maybe we should have picked up on. But yeah, probably. other than that, you know, it's just a continuation. Ron kind of gaining his confidence and practicing in secret because he doesn't want to get embarrassed or told that he can't do it. And yeah, good for him. I mean, good for him. Like... I disagree with you. I don't think it was nepotism, by the way. It literally literally says it's nepotism. It says, I took Ron because he's from a good Quidditch family. That's (laughs) It's almost a direct word-for-word quote. I can find the actual quote if you want me to. Those are literal words that were written in this book. No, okay, but you could be from a good Quidditch family. Like, say you come from a family that's good at basketball. You could be like, oh, he comes from a good family that knows basketball real well and plays it that is a skill it is not specifically because he plays with his brothers his brothers are not mentioned as being on the team so no 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 but that's not that's not yes it is because no he got he got the job because of his family's history there were two people two people she said was better let's talk about them for a quick sec so one of them said that if quidditch interferes with like her other activities she would choose the other activities. So, okay, don't take that person. She's out. Yeah. The other person who was better at the job, in this space, the job is stopping balls from going through hoops. But she complains too much. Yeah, and I totally agree with that as well. If I'm hiring someone and they don't have the soft skills to be able to mesh with the team and be a team player... I'm going to take someone who is maybe not quite as good, but has a solid base and can still learn those hard skills because they have the soft skills. I don't know. <laughs> this is a sport where you need to win. And uh, this, I actually think the position of keeper is probably the most important position probably outside, of, outside of, of seeker. And if someone is legitimately better, but they complain a little bit, I don't know. I, I think it, I think Ron is not like only it's not only the nepotism, but there's definitely it's nepotism not nepo- it's not nepotism it at all. It is. No, Angelina, Angelina. She says I'm she's, find, ne- I'm she's find... never played with Bill or Charlie, so she doesn't have that experience. I'm gonna find the exact quote. I know he's your best mate, but he's not fabulous. She says bluntly. I think with a bit of training, he'll be all right yeah he comes from a good family of quidditch players i'm banking on him turning out to have a bit more talent than he showed today to be honest yes he comes but there's no mention specifically of him getting the position because there are people on the team already that vouch for him to be that's able not, to get that's it. not that's not the only way nepotism works i think we're arguing now the definition of nepotism the nepotism here is that He's getting credit for his last... He's getting this job because of his last name. I think that, like... uh, Practice among those with power or influence of favoring relatives, friends, or associates, especially by giving them jobs. But I'm, I'm 
taking this as there were not people currently on the team. No, no, no. The who the, used the their influence to get him the correct. Position. That is that is fair, but I do think if he had a different last name, I think they maybe go with maybe they still ignore the whiny Jeffrey guy, but he might not be the choice. That's all I'm saying. Um, who knew that the most spirited part of this podcast well, would be over this stupid at least, sport? At least something exciting had to happen today. Um, <laughs> yeah. A couple other unimportant things that I think I'll just call out. It was the, we got another Crookshanks appearance early on in the chapter. That was kind of nice to see. He's still around. Um, in Transfiguration, they're learning about vanishing spells. Mm-hmm. Is that foreshadowing anything in this book? Um, aren't there vanishing cupboards that appear in the room of requirement? But that's in the seventh book, isn't it? I could, I mean, no, they're definitely going to get the room of requirement this book, but I couldn't think of like a time when the spell they were learning comes up later and earlier, like, um, earlier in some of the earlier books, like a spell we learn in these, like, let's go to class chapters yeah. comes back later. Like the famous, most famous one being Wingardium Leviosa with the troll coming back. And I just was trying to think if there was like, a, I just, uh, I couldn't think of any, I couldn't the think death, of any. The death eaters put those cupboards that they can kind of travel through and they yeah, put one not in the, the van- room of requirement though. Is yeah. it not a vanishing? That's not a vanishing spell. I thought they made it vanishing though, or else they maybe they just hit it. In the well, they called it a vanishing yeah. cabinet because you'd put something in it and what was in it was vanishing ah, versus okay. this vanishing spell, which literally made things disappear. Yeah. I'm not um, sure if we, yeah. we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah. And then the only other thing I wanted to ask was there's a moment in this chapter where Harry passes Seamus and Seamus, he thinks that Seamus is about to open his mouth to say something. Um, What do you think he's going to say? Do you think Seamus this early is ready to back down on his point or was he ready to go at it again? I'd say the latter um, because Hermione makes a good point that people don't know what happened because they literally were, as we talked about last season, you can't watch the stupid events that's happening in the Triwizard Cup. They just looked at the outside of a maze for a few hours and then all of a sudden came back and had to believe Harry's word that something happened, right? They didn't see see him disappear. They didn't see him disappear and come back. So they're going off that. There was very little time for them to be able to believe it because they went back off to summer right away anyway my point is the students don't believe it right now there hasn't been a change in the culture or the shift in the idea or the the momentum of it being up in the favor of Voldemort's return so I don't I don't see Seamus giving up at this point no maybe maybe trying to create a truce I could see but that would be it I'm thinking he was getting ready to go again because A, Harry was quite rude previously, and B, I also thought Seamus might be emboldened by other people sharing his voice yeah, here. So I just point. I just wondered what your read on that was. Okay, so we've already had one quote, a great quote about how Ron was uh, chosen because of nepotism, but what other quotes uh, What other quotes did you take, take down in this one? Harry um, talking about Grubby Plank, the professor. Um, this one showcases 
his loyalty to Hagrid, but also his stubbornness, which I had yeah. talked about earlier. Um, because she'll never be as good as Hagrid, said Harry, firmly, fully aware that he had just experienced an exemplary care for magical creatures class and was thoroughly annoyed about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I mentioned that when we were recapping, is he did not want to accept that she was a much better teacher. But clearly you don't have to be a good teacher to teach here because who cares? Um, I also had a Harry quote. I think we'd better check with Puddlemere United whether Oliver Wood's been killed during a training session because Angelina seems to be channeling his spirit. I liked the Oliver Wood call out. I liked Mm -hmm. the visual that presented me because we knew that Oliver is a lunatic when it comes to um, Quidditch captaining. And uh, it's kind of fun. Okay. We're going to talk MVP, LVP. I think we should talk MVP first because I think LVP is more interesting. Yes. uh, This chapter. Because honestly, I have a hard time with MVP. So who did you pick? I gave it to Ron for practicing to become Keeper, start building out his own identity beyond his older brothers and Harry, and for earning his position on the Gryffindor Quidditch team. Yeah, I mean, I I also went with Ron because, like, I guess he got a namesaker. That's good for him. However, yeah. however he might have gotten it, that's good for him. He he practiced. He wanted something. And he got it. Uh, and honestly, who else was even, like, Professor Grubbly Plank for finally having a good lesson in, in Care of Magical, magical Creatures? Like, it was, yeah. not a, it was not an exemplary Every... uh, showing from the characters. Everyone else was terrible. <laughs> like, we can't give it to Ernie for being like, I support you, Harry. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about who certainly it wasn't. Um, how many candidates did you narrow yours down to? I have three. Okay, I also have three. We Why don't you give me your... I have, they're probably the same, but give me your first candidate. First one was Harry, his stubbornness, not really being willing to tell anyone about his problems. And just because you received, just because you were abused doesn't mean, and tortured doesn't mean you get to not be the least valuable character. Uh, I also had Harry narrowed down and I summarized his, I think, very distinctly with won't go to adults with his his definitively adult problems. So yeah, Harry, not looking good. All right. Who is candidate number two for you? Hermione, while she was kind of helping Harry earlier on and I thought had some good qualities, she wiped it right off the board by trying to trick house elves into freedom. And she was a bitch to Luna. Yeah, uh, agreed. I, uh, I also really did not like at the end of the chapter where she talks Harry out of reaching out to Sirius via a letter. Um, look, I get it. You don't want to put too much in a letter. But he finally admitted that he would go to an adult with his adult problems. And now you're trying to slow down that process. You need to. Yes and, and on, no. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe it's good to say don't write out everything. But he's got to write to him about enough to make it like quite thing. And then, but I guess the bigger issues here are, of course quite how how rude and judgmental she was to Luna and uh, just the fact she just doesn't understand house elves to the point that we talked about her way of freeing them wouldn't even have worked. Yeah. Wouldn't even have worked. Um, All right. Third candidate. Who you have? Umbridge. The only note I put was child abuse. I just wrote detention from hell. Um, (laughs) 
I mean, we've talked about it, literal child abuse as a teacher. So where are you going to go? I have to go with Umbridge because while Harry and Hermione are kind of crummy this chapter, it's their character traits that make them that way and part of who they are. Whereas Umbridge is actually like being very vindictive in the way that she acts. So I have to go with her. I understand. I understand. I think that's a reasonable um, choice. Just to be different, I won't go with Umbridge. And my defense of not taking Umbridge has two main points. Point number one, I really enjoyed that she did not let Harry reschedule his detention. Thought that was good teaching. What you just said about Harry and Hermione holds true for Umbridge in the sense that her traits are that she is quite sadistic and a horrible person. And for her, if you were reading this book from her perspective, she would be the hero of this chapter. Yep. Um, So just to be different, I'm going to go with Hermione and I'm going to really narrow it down to the fact that the way she treated Luna is unacceptable. Yeah. She doesn't even know Luna. It'd be different if she had like a bunch of interactions, but she mentioned like, I heard blah, 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 blah. Like, so no. Basically for the context, like it was her saying that Luna came out in support of Harry Mm -hmm. and telling her that. And then basically Hermione was like, oh no, she's super weird. You need better supporters than her. Next chapter, chapter 14, titled Percy and Fatfoot. What do you think is going to happen in the next chapter? I'm going to be honest. I got nothing. I got nothing. So um, I think we can, like, let's get the obvious predictions out of the way. Yeah. We're going to have some sort of conver- conversation with Sirius, maybe maybe via fire message. Like, we'll, we will reach out to him somehow. Somehow. Yeah. I don't um, think he's going to, now I just had a new thought. Is he going to show up in Hogsmeade? Maybe. I don't think they're... I don't think so, but I don't think... Maybe. Has, have they hinted at that a Hogsmeade trip is coming up? No. I don't think they're going to go to Hogsmeade out of the blue. I think Fireplace would be more likely. Um, and then obviously we're going to see Percy, or maybe gonna not have, see him. We're going to have some sort... My non-prediction here is like he, we're going to see him support the ministry outrageously in a, like a grievance with his family again. It's yeah. going to be stupid. Yeah. Um, the problem that I've gotten to is like the next plot point that I can really remember is we're going to have the Inquisitorial Squad and the High Inquisitor uh, stuff coming up and Dumbledore's army coming up. But like up until then, I don't really know. Like maybe, maybe we'll get a start of some of her decrees now. And then she'll become High Inquisitor after she starts doing the decrees. I think you might be like, all right, looking at the list of chapters, this isn't a spoiler. Like chapter 14, the one we're going to do next week is Percy and Padfoot. Chapter 15 is the Hogwarts High Inquisitor. So it's coming up soon, but we need something to hold us over until then. And I have a feeling it's just going to be two separate conversations, one with Padfoot, and one with Percy 
and then maybe some more classes and more difficulty with owls or maybe quidditch practice and that might be it yeah i i just i have i got i got nothing coming up um some of these some of these um chapters i'm reading through this now like i can i can put some thoughts as to what's going to happen she definitely has to be high inquisitor before she clicks out trelawney so that's not happening Mm -hmm. um dumbledore's army is a chapter that's like four chapters away so we're not going to start we're not going to start maybe we start with that i don't know i i don't think so because oh ah the problem problem is i know what happens conceptually in this book right like we're going to at some point hermione is going to suggest or Ginny, i don't remember which one one of the two of them is going to suggest that harry teach them some some defense mm-hmm. against dark art stuff they're going to meet first in hogsmeade then they're going to be banned from gathering which is one of the reasons like that's like part of the quidditch band you can't gather so then they do their room of requirement and then at some point marietta whomever from ravenclaw bails on what's happened i just feel like all of that is far away so I think you're right. I think this next chapter is going to be incredibly boring. And we're going to have a conversation about Percy. And we're going to have a conversation with Padfoot. And like, if we're lucky, we'll get her first decree. And we'll get that plot point rolling. But that feels like it's a full chapter away. I agree. I think I think so, if there's any type of decree, it would be surprising. So, you know, after those great... Um, you know looking forward to next week make sure you come back next week because we're going to talk about it whatever it is you know maybe we'll find another uh argument to get into but we we'll have to figure out well we might just continue the nepotism debate <laughs> i think we'll be over it at that point because unless something unless literally nothing else happens i mean i guess we got percy with the anti-nepotism so there we go that'll come up in the meantime Give us a follow on Instagram at Harry Potter Reread Podcast. Check us out there. But and... if you are going to send us a message, because we got one like last week that said, is this a podcast? Um, it is, in fact, a podcast. It's in the name. You don't have to ask us that. We're quite certain that we're a podcast. So you can check us out where you get podcasts. Until next time, I'm David. That was Kyle. Bye. Bye.